Woo! The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, not alone for this very special Q&A. And I do mean it. This is quite a special Q&A. Um, welcome to some new patrons who have come on board in the past few days. A uh, real honor to have you, and I hope you enjoy the content. Uh, but I am joined for this special Q&A that has a theme to it by, well, it's a relationships theme. So who else would I be with other than my Sex and Science Hour co-host, really the main host of that show, the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Woo! It's a relationship. <laughs> oh, no, you're still stuck in the she-she voice. <laughs> <laughs> it is she herself. <laughs> Dr. Stephanie Murphy, thank you for having me on, Brian. Yes. I, I requested to be on, yes. but I'm glad we're doing this together because I knew the reason I requested it because you said in your awesome Sovereign Tech Facebook group. Sovereign yeah, Tech Sovereign Tech Uncensored. That uh, you want to do a show on relationship Q&A. Yep. And you asked people for their questions and people started responding. And I said, my only question is, can I be on the show? Because I thought it'd be fun to do together. So here I am. Well, that's true. But that's not the only question you asked. You asked another question, which do you know what that was? I forget. What did I ask? I have a short attention span, I guess. <laughs> The question was, here, actually, I'll go right to the post. I'll read it directly. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And will you go out with me? That was the other oh, question. Oh, yes, that is, and that I is told a very you, important question. You, yeah, you'd have yeah, to yeah. wait until today for me to to answer your question of whether or not I'll go out with you. But the answer is, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All night long. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, so I feel we'll, like there should be a woo in there. That was a very nice answer, but there should woo, be a woo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> Oh, he'll be satisfied. Uh, all right. So anyway, um, so really, it wasn't just that post. I had a bunch of of questions that had been sent in to me through Patreon, um, which the Facebook group isn't a Patreon only perk. I, I want to make that very clear to people. Uh, anybody can join that. You just have to friend me first and then just message me after you friend me. After we're friends, you can message me and let me know you want to be in the group. And I might not respond, but I will definitely get you in the group as soon as I can. Uh Anyway, so, yeah, so I was like, well, you know what, let's make this a whole show with a relationship theme, and then I can, you know, I'll, if, if people have other questions they want to ask, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go down the list. And we got quite a few. So I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, um, but I'll do my best here. So anyway, uh, let's start off. Actually, I'll start off with some of the, uh, some of the, the ones from the, from the Facebook group I think would be cool. Uh, let's see. So our first one is, did you ever, or are you all set love? Do you, I mean, are you ready to go? Set? Yeah. To, to answer oh, yeah, the questions. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I was debating asking you like, how many questions do you have? So we could plan out like about how I long to counting. spend on each. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a lot. So, okay. We'll just try to keep it brief. Then. Yeah. Let's say we've okay. got like 10 and I, I don't want this to go much over. An oh, hour okay. So like two minutes each to answer. Okay. Uh, well more than that. Because again, we got an hour. So, and we've got like 10. Of well, them. 10 questions, that would be six minutes each question. And if you and me both answer, it's like three minutes. Oh, I thought and you said we, two. If we keep it to two minutes, it'll really be three minutes. So, like, <laughs> that's where I came up with that number, just Ooh. crunching some math. Right. You yeah. Know. Okay. So, that's some, uh, that's some engineering math right there. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, um, did you ever or did you personally like using uh, dating apps and, and, Granted, they didn't know you were going to be on the show, so some of these might be a little more directed towards me, but I definitely want to hear your take okay. on well, every single one of them, even if they're just directed at me. Okay. Yeah, okay. So did you ever or did you personally like using dating apps when you were looking for a date, or would you use them today if you were single? Um, boy, this is an easy one to answer. 
no, and I will never <laughs> use a dating app. I never used, uh, 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 I don't know, what, what is Zoosk? Uh, or... Oh, wow. That's one I haven't heard of. I don't know if Zoosk is still around. Probably not. Plenty of fish, uh, even JDate. I never used JDate, and I have all the credentials for that. Um, <laughs> I don't think they check if you're Jewish. Well, yeah. They believe me. The Judar goes off from a couple miles away. Okay, and like you mean the dates check? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean J date itself can't check. No, like, right, right, right. Verify, right. But they're they're <laughs> they're going to know if you know the Judar is going to go off if something's not right. Yeah, like well before you even walk into the restaurant. Oh no, to no, meet you should date. be honest about it if you're on J date. I yeah. think they have a they have a column that you can check that says like I'm not Jewish. I'm just looking to date someone who's Jewish or something like that. <laughs> Right. So anyway, uh, never use that. Never use what? What are the other big ones um, that I'm not thinking of? Um, okay, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. Yep, that's the big uh, one. Tinder. Tinder. Bumble. Oh, I, yeah. um, all the new. Yeah. You know, apps don't use Grinder. Not for you know. Grinder. Yep. yep. For, for guys. Yep. I, I mean, like, I just don't use any of it. I'll never use any of it. And I'll, I'll really quick. I'll I'll kind of explain why. So first off, and and maybe this will flesh out more as we uh, as we dis- discuss some of the other questions. Um, like I don't, I'm not a pursuer. Like I don't go looking for dates. I never have single or otherwise. Um, I, you know, I just do what I do and generally, you know, like something will, you know, maybe a gal or whoever will, will be at something that I'm doing and conversation sparks up, you know, or, or, you know, something, something goes on. I, I absolutely do not pursue. Um, I can, I don't even really remember when I've like asked somebody out so much, like usually the things either just kind of naturally happen or she'll ask me out. Like Stephanie, you asked me out. I did. Uh, I made the first move. Yeah. I'm you not said, ashamed to admit it. Right. If uh, that makes me unladylike. Oh, well, <laughs> no, Hey, that, <laughs> that makes you the real deal in my opinion. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just, I don't. And, and I, in my personal opinion, I think that's the way to go. Like, I mean, I think that's just part of the human condition. Be doing what you love to do. You know, you don't have to go after people like you can, you know, in my opinion, you can really, and then I want to get your take on this, Stephanie, uh, you know, just oh, how to put this. I'm going to give an example. This isn't any kind of a boast. This isn't why I do what I do. I hope I, I tried to make that clear, but I'm just going to give an example. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure if I were single and I'm not okay. Uh, well, first off, Sovereign Tech really couldn't exist without you, Stephanie. So that, you know, that's, this is kind of a cart before the horse sort of situation, I guess, but like me just doing Sovereign Tech, you know, can, I, I think can really like, it puts me out there in a way where people that are interested can, can kind of find me. And that's what I'm saying. Just do what you love, do what you're yeah. going to do anyway. You don't need a dating app. You got sovereign tech. No, right. I mean, and, and, and honestly, <laughs> if I said on sovereign tech that I was single, look, I'm, I'm not boasting at all. Not for a second, but I'm pretty sure oh. my, my, my media feeds, my messengers and everything, like th- there'd be some lit boards. Listen, they're already blowing up now. And, and listen <laughs> to this. When I did my podcast, Pork Therapy, right. I never said I was single even when right. I was single for a short time when I was doing the show, most of the time I was doing a show, I was not single. Mm-hmm. But even when I was, I didn't have to say it. I mean, I still got people who yeah. were sniffing around. You yeah, know, absolutely. If I might want to date them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying that 
you can just put yourself out there. Just do it. I mean, you don't even have to put yourself out there. Just do what you're doing. Don't get on a dating sir. I, I really like, I feel like I, well, first off with Tinder, I really do think that in the future, like eventually, well, Tinder is already morphing into not a dating service of any kind, but more of like a hookup one night stand thing, I think. Oh, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and, and part of that I think comes from the swiping action where, and I'm, I don't have a single problem with one night stands. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that like it cheapens the the notion of human connection and well it does cheapens it feels the like, wrong word it feels like a meat market doesn't yeah, it you know it feels like you we feel shouldn't be shopping for humans <laughs> yeah you shouldn't be shopping for humans and that's what yeah. all these fucking apps and sites feel like to me yeah if you like them, tinder feels more that way than other dating sites but yeah definitely. yeah i mean if people if listeners if you like them Rock and roll. I am not going to tell you what to do at all. I am all about human choice. Okay. But I'm just saying that to me, it just, it really feels like, like shopping for humans. It's like something out of Logan's run. It's not even a new fucking idea. And that was kind of, well, anyway, I won't go into that, but Stephanie, give me, give me your take on these and then we'll, we'll break into some other questions here. Give me your take on like, you know, what do you think yeah. about dating apps? So have I ever stuff? used them? Actually, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the coin as you, Brian, because I have used dating apps for my entire dating life. Ah. Ever since I started dating. We did not meet through a dating app, by the way. No, we did not. Right. Um, but I've Which used that them. should say something. Who's <laughs> Yeah, that's a, I, I was getting to that. Okay. All right, go <laughs> so ahead. So I'm gonna get to that. But Sorry. anyway, just to give you an idea of that my history with dating apps, I've used them since I was in high school and I was eighteen. And when I was in high school and I was eighteen, I would go on um I think Hot or Not was the dating app of Du Jour mm-hmm. of the late nineties, early two thousands. Yep, I, that I was. seem to remember that. And um I would um you know, I would pretend to be older than I was, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would pretend to be twenty or nineteen when I was eighteen. <laughs> uh I would I met a ton of guys on the dating app that I was using or whatever. And it wasn't an app during those days because they barely had websites. So it was a website and hot or not started out as almost like Tinder where you would put up a picture of yourself okay, and people would rate you. Are they hot or are they not? And they oh. rate you on a scale of one to 10. And then, so you could get the validation, but then they added like people started putting in their pictures, like their email address at the bottom so that Mm -hmm. people could contact them if they thought they were hot. So people started using it as a dating site. And then I guess they listened to their feedback from their users and they actually morphed into a dating site where you could also rate people's pictures on whether they were hot or not. Um, I don't know if that site is still around, but that was the first dating site I ever used or, you know, came into contact with. Um, I would also... um, I, I was uh, subscribed to a bunch of listservs, and some of them were erotic, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think people would meet each other from those. Like, a lot of people met people in chat rooms in those days and things like that. I never met anybody in real life that I had started an online romance with in a chat room or a listserv, but I knew plenty of people who did. Um, I only met people from Hot or Not that were close to my age. So anyway, um, yeah, I started out on that, and then um, I think... Around the same time, the guy who founded OKCupid, Christian whatever his name is. Uh um, CIA, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) right. Before (laughs) OKCupid, he had a site called The Spark or Spark or something like that. And they had cliff notes to books, like free cliff notes to books that I had to read for high school. So I would go there for the cliff notes, but then they had these like personality quizzes. 
Yeah. And this was the precursor to OkCupid's dating algorithms, where they ask people questions and then they rate how compatible they are. So I started out taking some of his personality quizzes, which were a lot based on Myers-Briggs and other like psychological research. Mm -hmm. um, the guy's a, a mastermind. And it was funny how accurate they were because they were based on that psychological research. Right. So um, and then somehow from there, I found about, about, out about OkCupid, got on OkCupid, was on there for a long time. Um and, you know, I, I guess met some people on OkCupid. Um, from there, you know, I've been on other dating sites. I, I think I tried Plenty of Fish for a while, but it was, you know, pretty dead. It, there weren't, weren't sure. that many people. Um, OkCupid and Hot or Not were the biggest ones that had the biggest impact on me. I've, I've tried Tinder um, mostly just as a really a not very serious thing. I've never hooked up with anyone from Tinder. Um, I only look at girls because I like to look at girls. And I literally just sit on the toilet when I'm you know, doing my business and look at pictures of pretty girls. I haven't done that in a long time because yeah. I'm not interested right now. But a couple of years ago, I would try, I tried that just for fun. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd match with people, but it never went anywhere, really. You know, I, didn't, I, I just wasn't taking it very seriously, though. But yeah. anyway, so I've used a lot of dating apps. My, um, my most long-term relationships, my most successful relationships – have not been people I met on dating apps. Like, for example, you and I did not meet through a dating app. We met through my podcast. Where right. I'm putting myself out there on the internet. Yeah. So is that different, though? I mean, you could put yourself out there on the internet on a dating site, and, and that's like a little bit more direct style of saying, hey, I'm available, you know, I'm looking for dating. I'm not just looking to put out a podcast or whatever. Um, I think it's kind of maybe similar, but... Um, I have met a few people on uh, dating sites, and I've also met people in real life who then it turned out like, you know, we met each other, we became friends. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, I wonder like what our match percentage on, is on OkCupid. Let's oh. compare our profiles. And so that's that's happened a few times. And it was like a 99 percent match or something. But, Are you still with these people? Oh, no, no, no. And I was never with them. Oh, okay. They were just like friends, you oh. know, like real life friends. Uh -huh. who all, We were both on OkCupid and we could compare our matches. Uh -huh. So, you know, I've, that's interesting when that happens. I guess it shows that maybe OkCupid's algorithm is onto something. But also it shows that maybe it's not onto something because I don't have sexual chemistry with those people. It's just friendship, you know. Yeah. And we have a lot in common. That's why we're a 99% match or whatever. Yeah. So... I mean, I agree with you. Tinder, to me, feels like a complete meat market. I think it's ridiculous. Um, the only reason I participated for a little while was just to see curiosity, really, to see what it was all about. Mm -hmm. I never really intended to meet anybody or hook up with anybody on there. Uh -huh. um, but I had to see what it was like, you know, for science. Sure. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of people like that on dating sites because there's this idea that you, if you really take a dating site seriously then um, you're desperate or a loser or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe those people go to different dating sites, though. Maybe they go to eHarmony or Match.com oh, right. yeah, if they're looking the for two. a husband or wife or you know a long-term relationship. Uh, maybe they're not on OkCupid. They're on eHarmony or Match.com because those are seem like the more serious ones that are geared toward conventional relationships leading towards marriage and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, I know some couples who met on OkCupid and got married and stayed together for a long time. Also, OkCupid seems to be a popular one for polyamorous people mm -hmm. who are looking to not just couple up, but more than couples, you know, more yeah. sons or whatever. Um, so I think each dating site has its own personality. For example, OkCupid is great for poly people 
and also for I think for people who want, um, you know, like lasting relationships, but maybe are younger and they're not like looking for marriage necessarily. They just want like a long term relationship, but they're maybe a little out of the box as people. Yeah. Um, Match.com and eHarmony, I would I would say are more geared toward marriage, like mm. finding a marriage mate to start a family with. Um, for gay dating, obviously, you know, there's Grinder for men, and yep. <laughs> those are more like hookup apps, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so the apps, I want to touch on this quick. Um, the apps, like, I can understand some of the apps because, like, some kinds of love and sexual interaction or wh- relationships, whatever, are not okay. They're not, you know, above board by societal mores. And so if you need to use a secret app or a site or something like that to be able to engage in it, by all fucking means. Like, I have, I, have, I totally understand that aspect of it, you know. I, uh, yeah, I think especially for gay men because it's sure. like it can be really um, taboo. Like, sometimes you know when someone's gay. Yeah. But you don't always feel comfortable asking, you yeah. know, and you don't want to miss an opportunity because you didn't ask because you were afraid to, because they're afraid they'd deck you or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get into that situation. Um, you know, I've had some awkward encounters where I thought I had, you know, flirtation or chemistry with a woman, but it turned out she was not, you know, or she said she wasn't you mm-hmm. know, attracted into women or whatever. Um, so anyway, but, to get back on track with the original question, um, I think it's possible to meet partners on dating sites, but you should get clear on what you want, like what you're looking for, uh-huh. and then go to the best dating site for what you're looking for. Yeah. So, for example, if you're a young person who wants a, maybe a long-term relationship, but isn't like in that marriage box and isn't like looking you know, married to that idea of the conventional white picket fence kind of thing, mm-hmm. go on OkCupid. If you're looking for a hookup, go on Tinder and you're straight, go on Tinder. Right. If you're looking for a hookup and you're a woman and you want to feel more comfortable, go to Bumble because only the woman can initiate the conversation or whatever, yeah. when she matches with a guy. If you're, you know, blah, 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 on down the line, just figure out what dating site would be most likely to meet um, what you're looking for out of the relationship. Having said that, I don't think you need to get dependent on dating sites mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Especially in a rural area like New Hampshire, where we are, yeah, there's the dating pool is smaller, yeah, and some of the most desirable partners are not even going to be on those dating sites. In fact, most of them aren't. So I think it's pr- totally possible to meet people through other ways. Yeah. So I mean, one of the big problems is is that like if you're looking for like rich people or like you know the big catch or something like that, if that's kind of the notion like going a sugar on here, daddy or I don't know something like that. There are whole other apps that you don't get access to unless you're like a social media maven or you have a certain amount of money or something like that. Oh, are you talking to those those elite like invite only Tinder or whatever? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Like don't. You can almost get waiting for my invitation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. so, okay. So. So like here's the thing is that, you know, kind of like hot or not, like you're describing all this, all this stuff is just like set to be gamed you know, to be totally rigged in favor and, 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 you know, best person's foot forward, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I don't think you're getting any, re- any reality, you know, nine times out of 10 with this stuff. And all oh, that one time out of 10 is, is so, so precious though. But I think that those are so, that's so freaking, it's like winning the lottery. It's so rare that it happens. Um, well, I mean, dating is a numbers game in general. Like yeah. you have to kiss a lot. It sounds cliche, but you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince. Yeah. And the more people you meet and talk to, the more potential that you'll meet a potential partner. I mean, it's just that. I saw an interesting TED talk of a mathematician who was uh, single and she mm-hmm. wanted to meet a guy. And she 
went on dating sites, had no luck, you know, couldn't, couldn't get any messages. Yeah. And I know, by the way, there's lots of guys out there who believe that any woman who goes on a dating site is just going to get inundated and she's going to get guys all over mm-hmm. hounding her. And any man is going to be ignored unnecessarily and is going to be trying to message the one woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not that's not always the case. There are some women who do get ignored on dating sites as well because their profile, they're not like the hottest or whatever. Or, right. you know, their profile isn't the most interesting. But this mathematician... Basically, she said, okay, I see that this is a game. I'm going to figure out how to win this game. And she <laughs> she um, looked at like successful dating profiles and she took elements from that and she applied it to her own profile. Mm-hmm. So she put a picture of herself in like kind of a revealing dress. She did her hair and makeup and blah, blah, blah. She put some things in her profile like questions to make people hook and want to ask or like, you know, put some things in her profile that said Mm -hmm. hey ask me about this and we can start a conversation and then she got more messages and she ended up meeting a person who became her husband yeah so i I thought i just thought that was interesting it's It's one approach yeah okay well i mean it's interesting like i'm still i still think that some of these successes that you hear about or whatever i mean we i know for a fact and most people know at least i hope they know for a fact that a lot of new dating sites, a lot of new social media sites, they all have fake users. They create fake women on their websites to get you to get on there and you try messaging them and nothing ever really happens. But most people are too stupid, I guess, or not most people, but a lot of people are too stupid to realize the difference. I can't I can't see any reason why a company like eHarmony or Match or whatever that are making probably pretty good money or being funded by the CIA that they would that they wouldn't pay a couple to fucking get together and like, no, you can live separately, but just, just come on and just, just say that, that, you know, it worked out for you and, and make it look good on camera so people can see you and, and all this different shit. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time believing it because personally, I think that looking for love is the positively worst foundation for getting into a relationship because you're not looking for sharing your passions. You're not looking for, um, uh, 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 what's, yeah, I mean that that's kind of it. You're not looking for like somebody who who experiences life in a similar way to you. Mm-hmm. You're looking for love, you know, like this ethereal thing that most people can't even define. You know, and I'm not saying there aren't great definitions for love. Of course there are, but most people have no fucking clue. And- yeah, I mean, looking for love is one thing. Desperately looking for love is another thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wanting love's one thing. I I just I I really I don't know. I I think a lot of these different things are just be you know I always say this: be friends first and for a good long while. And then, I agree. You're not going to get catfished by a friend. You know, no. if someone's psycho, you'll be able to tell, and you'll yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, l- let me move on to another. I mean, you're you're raising great points and great suggestions, and you know, people don't have to be as cynical as I am about all all of this stuff. So. Well, folks, you won't find the stallion on Tinder. So never. keep swiping. Yeah, <laughs> never, ever, ever. Even if I was single. Um, okay, so let me, let's let's see. There is kind of a sequel to this. Uh, a more broader question I would have is: Did you seek out partners in areas you think you would most likely share your interests, or did you go to random places? Uh, again, I don't really seek. I just do what I'm doing. But that said, yeah, I think this is kind of a winning a, a winning combination. I think that if you are going to, well, I mean, and we've talked about this on Sex and Science Hour many times, and I sure I've, I've brought it up. I've brought it up on Sovereign Tech here and there. Um, I mean, it's a shame that like the bookstore is kind of dying, kind of. 
Um, I mean, it's sort of coming back, I guess. And that's cool because a passion for reading is something to build on top of. At least you have something to talk about the following week, maybe the next chapter in the book or something like that to keep the conversation going. It's beautiful. Uh, the gym, another wonderful, you know, wonderful place to, you know, to, to, to find somebody and, you know, you're both really into fitness and everything. I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, though at the same time, you don't want to just like be hounding women at bookstores and, and at the gym and at the gym. I mean, they're they're there to fucking work out at the library, right. Or they're there to (laughs) shop or something like that. You don't want to do that. But I mean, you know, there's, there's events, there's things that can happen that I think, you know, could help put all, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, together or whatever. Uh, CrossFit. I know that some people feel that can get kind of cultish, but I mean, I think that's gotta be an amazing place to meet partners and all that. Cause you got that, got that fun, friendly, well, sometimes not so friendly, but you're supposed to be friendly competition kind of going on. I mean, you know, lots of, lots of nice things that, that create avenues. Oh, yeah, That's a turn on. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, what do you, what do you think, uh, you know, to that, like, did, well, is this person, do you think they're asking like how, what your tips are for meeting a partner? Yeah, I guess, which I mean, I already gave, just do what you do, you know? And mm-hmm. if, if no one's coming around doing what you're doing, get another hobby. I'm not saying you get rid of the one you have. Don't change who you are. I'm just saying, pick I would up say another hobby. if no one's coming around doing what you're doing, look within and look at yourself and try well, to think of things that you might be turning off potential partners no no i mean that's not entirely fair like if if you are if you are in some part of iowa like some you know wild farmland of iowa which geolocation certainly another issue too right but you know and you're you're into really into chess like I'm not surprised other people aren't into chess there. However, they might be into tractor racing or something. So I don't know, pick up that hobby. You know what I mean? But don't do it for kind of love's sake. Do it for something just because you, you know, you kind of want to just get out there. Yeah. And just hang to out see what people. happens without any expectations. I yeah. Guess, yeah. Yeah. No, no offense to Iowans. So at, at all. <laughs> Captain Kirk. Could have easily said New Hampshire. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Next question. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll move on from that. So here's a, here's a funny one. Um, I met my girlfriend when, all right. So first off, let me say, this is from Jim Jesus of the Lulberts. <laughs> so I met my girlfriend when I was out getting groceries at an Asian food market. We were the only two people who weren't Asian. I asked her if she's ever tried the pre-steamed mussels and she smiled and talked about noodles for an hour. I got her number and we went on a few dates. On the third date, I thought things were going nowhere before she asked me if I wanted to come inside for coffee. She let me in and we hung out in her kitchen, talking and kissing for a while before heading back to her room. In the morning, I started getting paranoid about how much she liked me. She asked me if I wanted breakfast, so I I knew there was some hope. Quote, I'm just going to have Reese's, but I can cook you something if you want. End quote. And I said, quote, candy for breakfast? End quote. She was like, no, Reese's puff cereal. It's the cereal with the peanut butter and chocolatey taste you can eat for breakfast. End quote. I was like, quote, whoa, it's Reese's for breakfast. End quote. I think he just wanted me to read the story. But no, there is a question at the end. This is complete bullshit. We've it's been funny ins- bullshit, yeah, it's but it's funny. bullshit. We've been inseparable since. Yeah, right. I, I read okay, this ahead of time and laugh emoticon. What's her name, Andrea? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my question is, should I date a status? <laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah. So anyway, great story. <laughs> okay. So do you think the question is serious? Should you date a status? Uh, no. no I, I, well, maybe it is. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to run with it. Um, do you, do you want to take okay. it first or should I? Um, 
yeah, uh, sure. I'll go first. Um, okay. I would generalize that question to should you date someone who you have a value clash with or there's something that's important to you that they you don't line up on? Mm-hmm. And I would say go with your gut. Go with your gut instinct. Mm. Because um, your gut is your brain, actually, integrating sure. a lot of complex information and spitting out an answer that we call intuition, but it's really, usually, it's very reasoned. Yeah. And there's a lot of factors that come into it. So anyway... Um, I would say it is possible to have friendships and romantic relationships with people who um, have a significant difference in an important thing to mm-hmm. you. Um, sometimes they come around to your point of view. Sometimes you come around to their point of view as the relationship continues. Sometimes nobody comes around to anybody's point of view, but you have understanding and you have compassion for each other. You can see where each other is coming from and you're able to have a functional relationship and maybe even dis- interesting discussions about it, despite the difference, you know. Mm. Um, and sometimes you you find out through talking about it with them that you just can't. You have trouble communicating about sure. this, and it's a it's a harbinger of other difficulties communicating. So I would say, yeah, I mean, you may not always want to rule somebody out just because they have a, a difference of opinion with you, but yeah. it depends on how important that difference of opinion is, and it depends on whether you can talk about it and communicate about it. Yeah, I mean, and statist is such a nebulous term. Like, it's really, really, Indeed. like, I mean... What does he mean by that? Yeah, so, because here's some Someone options. Someone who eats Reese's Puffs for breakfast? Yeah, the Puffs. <laughs> puff puff piece. pieces. <laughs> So, woo, inside joke. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, the thing is that can happen here is that, like, with a statist, okay, somebody could be completely politically indifferent. I mean, they really fucking can. And yes, they can. Okay. Like, it's okay if they just don't fucking care. Like, in fact, they're almost doing it right, you know, if they if they don't. You know, because there's people who say, no, they're either against the government or they're for it. And it's like, no, you you really can just not give a shit. You know, in my opinion, be indifferent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and so most people start out that way because they're like, well, I don't fucking care. This doesn't really affect me. Right. Or they feel they have no control. over it. Yeah. So or, you know, no say in the matter, I guess. So, you know, if somebody's politically indifferent. You know what? I don't think that should get in the way of of you dating them or anything like that. I mean, hell, after a fashion, they're halfway there, you (laughs) you know, to being an anarchist. Exactly. Uh, So. You know, but then also there's anarchists, people who I talk to, you know, women that I would talk to who f- straight up call themselves anarchists, but then they want to do political action. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, by my hard definition, I would say, well, you're a fucking statist. You right. know, and I, and I, you know, and I love these people. I mean, I think they're wonderful human beings, just amazing, you know, beautiful human beings. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Okay. But, you know, I'm just saying by my hard definition, no, that technically makes you a statist. And, and that's that's a problem or that that would be a problem under this question. Right. Um, but no, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't begrudge that uh, whatsoever. So, I mean, and I, I'm talking some big name people that people may not realize fully support, you know, like state action and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they're like an abashed statist, like if they're just like, oh, yeah, no, no, government, good, blah, blah, blah. Honestly. There's there's a bit of a I don't, it's tough what you want to call it. I mean, like there's there's a there's a bit of a philosophy ideology that is almost more important to that is almost more important to me than anarchism. Not exactly, but almost. I think they're kissing cousins. I think they're part and parcel, maybe even. But like if they're a hedonist, 
you know, like if they are all about the pursuit of happiness and like, you know, like happiness being kind of, the, you know, the, the, the core of their existence and they're about having a good time and all these different things, I can get along with them far easier than I can get along with most libertarians. I can get along with them far easier than I get along with, honestly, most anarchists. Um, I mean, by a long shot, like I can think of a, I can, I can easily think of a ton of, of full on status people that are far easier, far more enjoyable to spend time with. Maybe not date so much, uh, but certainly I wouldn't date these other people than, than, you know, people that I even like that I might catch a pork fest, frankly. Sure. Uh, you know, to give maybe an extreme. So yeah. yeah, there's other there's more to life than libertarianism yep. or anarchism. Absolutely. And capism. Absolutely. So my answer is, should you date a statist? I mean, you can, you know, I mean, that's that, like, I think there's things that that, yeah, there's there's more to it than that. You know, yeah. There's more there's more to life than that. There, I think you have to make the choice based on, yeah, your, based gut on feeling. your best best, uh, you know, uh, you you use your best judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say yay or nay. It's up to you. But um, I personally wouldn't wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think your 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 uh, advice about the gut feeling is is uh, is really really mm. key there. Um, but I, I you know also at the same time like don't try to convert them. Just let it fucking happen. You know, let <laughs> let your light shine. That gives other people the permission for their light to shine. Well, imagine if somebody, imagine if you started dating someone and it was clear that they had an agenda of converting you to some ism. Mm-hmm. Call, let's say veganism. Yeah. Feminism. Yeah. <laughs> pick your ism. Scientology. Sure. You know, pick your ism. Some religion. Sure. Um. You know, how annoying would that be for you if somebody was clearly had this agenda of converting you and they were very attached to it and they were going to base their love for you on the, the condition of whether you accepted this thing that was important to them? Yeah. Um, unless you were already all in with that thing, you probably would bail out because it's uh, it's it's weird. It's culty. Well, you're raising a good uh, a point that needs to be made. And that is now if you, the person who is going to date the statist, let's say, if your business if your livelihood, how you earn your money, how you make a living relies upon anarchism, libertarianism, like, you know, and exists within those ideas and worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, maybe that is an insurmountable. That obstacle. might be a problem yeah, because agree. the major part of your day is going to be a conversation they will not share, you know, that, that they won't share your opinions on that. That can be an issue, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I just want to be sensitive to that, but, um, yeah, I think kind of a jesty question, but, uh, but I, I, you know, I think it's fun to discuss anyway. So yeah, don't write status off. Don't write fucking, don't write anybody off (laughs) really, you know, just, just understand, you know, how, how, what challenges you may face. Um, okay. Next question. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Um, will you go out with me? Oh yeah. You're, I already answered that. Yes. That was you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, let's see. What's the opposite of, oh, here's a good one. What's the opposite of nice guy syndrome, uh, that was discussed on sex and science hour, which I think we just, we discussed the female nice guy, right? Yes. Um, Uh, it was just to give a recap for people who didn't hear that episode. Sure. Go listen to sex and science hour, sex and science hour. Episode one, the kidney coaster. Yes. Um, in the third segment, we read an article by a self-described female nice guy. And she said she thought she had all the qualities that people, usually attribute to the quote nice guy but she's except that she's a woman nah. so she's writing about her experiences and those qualities of the so-called nice guy are that 
He's constantly on the internet whining and complaining about why don't any women want me? I'm such a nice guy. Those bitches, they only want a asshole guy who treats them like shit and they don't realize how nice I am and they're just a bunch of fat cunts and I don't want to date them anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm such a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you see that he's not really a nice guy. He just feels that he's entitled to female attention and he's constantly complaining when he doesn't get it. And that's not actually nice because you're not respecting he's not respecting the preferences of the women that he wishes to date he's right. not hearing their no right so let me read on more with the question um even though the question's already asked what's the opposite of that uh he says by that i don't mean douchebag meaning the opposite of nice guy he doesn't mean douchebag like what's the opposite he mean an meaning, asshole. yeah he means what's like the what's the the winning syndrome <laughs> as compared to nice guy syndrome you know, like what's what's the the type? I'll, I'll read more. I mean, the guy or gal who has low self esteem, but is always told something along the lines of, "Oh, actually, this is different than I thought it was going to be." Okay, but is always told something along the lines of, "Quote, you're great," and any insert preferred gender pronoun here would be lucky to go out with you. End quote. But just never seems to meet anyone who wants to actually date them. Is there a name for this? Hopefully, this makes sense. So the question is like. So they're not, not a self self-professed nice guy, uh-huh. but they always have people telling them, "Oh, you're such a nice guy. You're such a great person." And yeah. but any woman would be lucky to date you. But they never. But get they dates. never. But they're yet yeah, they're still single. And the people who say, "Oh, you're such a nice guy. Anybody would be lucky to date you." Yeah. They don't want to date that person either. Right. They're yeah. So what is what do you call that? Like, I mean, does that have a name? You you would have a better answer to this than yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I don't think it has a name. Uh-huh. I would say maybe it's a variation of the nice guy. Um, okay. Because it sounds like that person may actually believe um, that they are a nice guy and that's why they aren't getting dates or something. I don't mm. know. Maybe not. But I, I don't think there's a name for it. But I would say that definitely that person has friends, acquaintances what have you, Sure. Um, who are not being completely honest with them. Mm. And maybe the reason for that is because the single person doesn't want to hear the honest truth, and they're picking up on that. Okay. You know, it's easy, it's, it's easy to sort of placate somebody and say, it's much easier to placate somebody and say, oh, well, you're, you're great. Um, I don't know why you're single. It's probably just because you haven't met the right person yet. I personally don't want to go out with you because of X, Y, and Z, which are excuses, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I'm sure you'll meet the right person eventually. It's easier to say that and sp- sort of spare the person's feelings. And that's what women are taught. That's like a female gender role. You know, yeah. women are always taught to spare the guy's feelings, yep. you know, and don't tell him the truth if the truth might make him mad. Yeah. Um, it's easier to, to, to sort of placate the person than to tell them the truth. Well, actually, here's why I wouldn't date you. Here's why I think you're single. Mm. Here's why if I were single, I still wouldn't date you because of blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. That's uncomfortable to have that conversation. Sure. And unless someone specifically asks for that feedback, and even if they do ask for it specifically, it's very hard for people to give that feedback. Yeah. That I mean, honest feedback. well, this is the thing. Humans don't want to hurt each other. They really fucking don't. You know, most humans just aren't interested in that. And so, you know, it's a natural reaction. It's not meant to harm, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I shouldn't say natural reaction, but it's a reaction that, that happened, that comes, that's very common. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's tough. You know, I mean, myself, 
you know, I could say like in, in the early part of high school, like I had that feeling where I like to think I didn't have nice guy syndrome, but we're like, I was like, what the hell? It's like, why, why won't anybody go out with me? Like, what the fuck? I mean, and yeah, it's high school. It sucks. It's a terrible, you know, uh, scenario to be in, in the first place. Um, and my first girlfriend I met in an IRC chat room in the nineties, you know, for Stargate SG one. And it, you know, I mean, not that I didn't have like some kind of, you know, relationships before that, but you know, I couldn't like, no one couldn't get with anybody. And I mean, and granted, like, and I'm not saying this, like I'm fishing for compliments or something. I'm dead serious. I've got a face for radio. Okay. I mean, like, I'm just, I don't, I'm just not that kind of, in my opinion, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just not that Hollywood handsome. And, you know, so like, I, I kind of wanted to chalk it up to that. And, and I always found it interesting that, well, the first relationship I got into was because the two of us got to know each other without any physicality, you know, whatsoever. Uh, it's almost sapiosexuality sexuality in a way where, you know, we fell in, we so fell you're in love with each other's So you're saying it was the minds. intellectual connection first yeah. and not necessarily the physical attractiveness because you didn't think you were very physically attractive? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so, you know, but I mean, after that, but he, here's the funny thing is that once I, I finally really had that first girlfriend, like that, and there was kind of a longer term relationship and everything, it was a snowball effect. No, that's not a sexual pun either. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking of it that way well, until you just said that. Well, uh, but anyway, but after the, then it was like, oh, you know, the, I mean, and I don't know if it's just the confidence boost or, or what that comes out of that. Uh, but I mean, you know, the person, the question asker mentioned the low self-esteem and everything. And, you know, I, I think that might be a component, you know, that, that's something to, I don't, I don't know, to, to address and work on, especially if you have the self-awareness perhaps of it. I'm not saying the question asker has that. This is just a, you know, an abstract question. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to call that, but I can certainly, I feel like I can relate to whatever that was, but it is something that can be, I, I think it's, it's a challenge that can be surmounted. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I'm just thinking about it maybe from the other angle. Like I'm thinking of when I have said that to somebody in the past, mm -hmm. Oh, don't worry. You're such a nice guy. I'm sure you'll find a girlfriend. I'm sure any girl would be lucky to date you. Mm -hmm. I have said that to, um, I, like I remember a few times when I was in high school. Yeah. When a guy that I didn't want to go out with asked me out and I said no and he got a little bit, he did not take the rejection very gracefully. Sure. Let's just say. Sure. He got a little bit, um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to say this in a nice way, but he was disappointed, hurt, yep. you know, um, was not hiding his disappointment or hurt. Yep. Um, and was kind of, you know, whining a little bit about it. Sure. And I, to make him feel better and to let myself off the hook, I would say something like, oh, well, don't worry. You're such a great catch. I'm sure you'll get a girlfriend soon. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure anybody would be lucky to get, go out with you. You have this and this and, um, it was it was sort of an awkward attempt to get to let myself off the hook. Yeah. So I don't know who's saying that to the question asker. If it's if it's women that he's asked out, mm -hmm. if it's um, if it's well, it might just relatives, be an abstract question. Members. It doesn't necessarily have to be you right. know, about the question asker. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, anyway, I, I just think it's different if it's like your mom saying that to you versus yes. if it's a girl that you've asked out and yep. she said no. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So because anyway. your mom can't date you, you're her son. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Of course, she's going to say, "Oh, my son is a great catch." You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so next question. Sure. Do you feel like we address that one? I, I mean, I said everything I could say about okay. it. Okay. Um, yeah, I just again, just I think it's something that can be, you know, that's something that could be superseded that you can get past, uh, you know. But I, I don't know what exactly that X factor is that allows for that. Um, okay, so let's see. Last question. I promise. Uh, it's up to. This isn't the last question. That's just what the person said in the thread. It's up to you, of course, to answer it. Uh, what mistakes in your previous relationships did you make that you did not apply to your current relationship, and why didn't you catch those mistakes in your previous relationships? Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a laundry list. Yeah. I Mine mean, that, is too. I mean, that's a God, rap sheet a mile I, long. Every relationship in my past, I think of the mistakes I made that are litmus. You know, there's a litany yeah. of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And they made too. And that's what relationships are about is, is like learning. You know, mm. I think that's why you have relationships. There's a certain school of thought that says, you shouldn't enter into any relationships until you've really worked on yourself and you've done therapy and you've healed from all your past traumas. Mm -hmm. And most people never even get to that point, even with like intensive therapy, because most people are just so traumatized. They'll never be ready, no matter almost how hard they work to be really in a relationship. Yeah, um, That's one school of thought. Then there's another school of thought that says, Look, we're all continuously growing. We're all on a journey. We're all learning about life and our, about ourselves. And one of the ways that we learn is through relating to other people. Mm -hmm. And relationships can, can help you grow and can teach you a lot. And so as long as you're not so traumatized that it's going to be like a crippling, you know, thing to you and you, you really can't be in a relationship or don't want to, yeah. you know, try it out and see what you learn. And it's going to be part of your personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm kind of more along the lines of the second. At least that's how I've behaved. Mm -hmm. I've never like, I've never stopped myself from pursuing a relationship that I wanted to pursue because I thought I was too traumatized or that I wasn't, you know, didn't wasn't worthy of being in a relationship until I worked on myself more or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're always continual improvement, right? I mean, humans are always, well, they can choose to, you know, mm -hmm. self improve. For their entire lives. I mean, like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can. I um, think there have been times, now that I'm reflecting on it, um, mm -hmm. I say I've never stopped myself from getting into a relationship to, in favor of, like, you know, being single and working on myself. Yeah. But maybe there, I can think of some times in my life where I maybe I should have been single and worked on myself for a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe I would have if I didn't have the opportunities to be in relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one mistake that I didn't make in our relationship. Yes. Um, and that is, um, I didn't, I didn't allow the other person into the relationship. Um, that being Jesus Christ, who, oh. <laughs> which I always think is funny because you, mean you had a polyamorous triad with Jesus. Well, That's this is the funny thing. Yeah. Every Christian is a fucking polyamorous. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they really, they're poly every single one of them because Christ is in that bedroom, baby. And, uh, you know, if you believe that, that horseshit, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, but really like, like I can think of a lot of, a lot of social mores norms that I held on to as just being so, and never explored them and never got rid of those as Sterner would say, the spooks, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I just never did. And, and those, those always, they didn't ruin the relationship, but they gave, they like, they set me up with the wrong partner. 
you know, mm. and, and it seemed to happen kind of across the board. Um, you know, my marriage was based upon that, 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 you know, those spooks, those phantasms. Yeah. Uh, and, so do you think that one of the mistakes there was, um, thinking, not questioning the idea that, oh yeah, just every relationship should be marching towards marriage. And that's like the pinnacle. And that's where every real relationship is going. Yeah, that's that's one to get rid of. I mean, and, and this kind of speaks to what I was talking about earlier. Like a lot of people think, no, yeah, you you get married and you have children. And that's that's, that's what, what you, you do. And that's what you do. Yep. Right. That's what Especially I'm saying. Once you hit a certain age. Yeah. That's part of what I mean by that. Looking for love, looking for these things are terrible foundations because, you know, what? at the end of at the end of my marriage, I was married for seven years. At the end of that marriage, I tell a story to a lot of people like I started getting into NBC towards the end of my marriage, thankfully due to your podcast, actually. Nonviolent communication. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nonviolent communication. And that's about addressing needs and all that. I think personally, my my own interpretation and people can get mad about it. I don't care. OK, my my personal interpretation is like NBC kind of speaks to hedonism, whether people want to you know admit to it or not, because it's about. It's about, you know, uh, uh, addressing the self, you know, and what the self needs and going from there. And I remember in a grocery store parking lot asking my my now ex-wife, you know, what 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 would make you happy? Like, like, what's what what's something what do you want to do? What do you want? You know, and and this is towards the end of our, you know, end of our marriage and everything. And she came up with all these answers that were all about doing stuff like like helping other people, throwing parties, all this different shit. Right. And, and I was like, and I, and I, and every time she'd give one of those, I'd say, no, 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 no. Well, if you had all the free time in the world, kids aren't going to bother you. Nothing's going to bother you. Like, what do you want to do? She broke down in tears. She couldn't answer that question because she had no idea. You know, she had no clue what her own passions were. She had no clue what, you know, what, what, who she was, you know, yeah, being, that's, that's such bad. an important question to be able to ask. What do you want? I mean, it's a huge question to ask. Yeah. And to be with somebody who doesn't lose their identity when they get into a relationship and that keeps their sense of individuality and their own values and needs and interests and goals and dreams and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, because I, you know, and that's something that I'll never allow to not be a part of any relationship in the future. I need to know because how I define love, one of those great definition of loves of, of love actually comes from Robert Heinlein, which he's, I mean, Heinlein's kind of touch and go, <laughs> you know, there's great yeah. things he says. There's terrible things he says. Um, but one of the great things he says is about love and that love is when your happiness is completely intertwined with the happiness of another. That's not an exact quote, but that's the gist. Yeah. Okay. And so I need to know somebody that I want to, you know, that I'm falling in love with or, you know, that I'm, I'm feeling an appreciation for something like that. I need to know what makes them happy. And we, you and I had these conversations just as friends. Like I remember them at a gas station, the back of, you know, my, <laughs> you know, the back of my Ford expedition. I mean, I remember having these conversations and, and, and they were powerful conversations and, and you, it was amazing. You answered them so well, like, I mean, and so easily too, which was fucking amazing like that was that was such a stark contrast from what i was just describing like with my ex-wife right and so that's the thing that like i've you know that was a mistake that i made and that all came down to i was merely operating off that oh yeah this is just what you do you get married you have kids uh or you know you get married to with somebody maybe that already has kids which was the situation with me i don't have any biological children Mm -hmm. um so yeah and but uh, you know that's a mistake i'll never make again you know, and, and I find myself like appreciating other, I don't want to say love that, you know, not 
that strong a word, but when I appreciate under the other individuals is as I'm discovering what makes them happy. Like it, it's, it's so cool. But again, mm-hmm. most people aren't given permission to even think about their own self-serving happiness, not selfish, not, you know, happiness that comes at the expense of others, but self-serving. Mm. Okay. And, and that's, that's such a key point. So anyway, do you have anything you want to add on that? Otherwise we can go on to other questions. Yeah, no, well, that was beautiful, Brian. And, oh, thanks. Um, I love that awareness that you're showing about, um, you know, the awareness that you have about what you want out of life and mm-hmm. what living life on your own terms means and the awareness that you want your ideal partner to have. Yeah. And um, I think we both have cultivated a lot of that awareness in the time that we've known each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I was just reflecting back on before I had sort of a turning point in my life, I guess. over It happened gradually over a few years, but I would call it a turning point, you know, in my mid-20s where I realized that really before that point, I was spending so much time and energy um, and so much of my my precious life mm-hmm. trying to live life for other people, like just doing what other people wanted me to do. Yep. And even figuring out what other people wanted me to do that, through all the little cues and hints and messages that I got, just trying to translate those into what other people want me to do and then do it. Yeah, that whole, that whole aspect is a thousand times worse for every woman on the planet. Yeah, continue. It's yeah. There's definitely a lot of stuff that's wrapped up with being a woman. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and and the idea of people pleasing yep. and the idea that we're taught that we're responsible for how other people feel and we better not like make them mad or make I don't know them how you upset. deal with those pressures. It's remarkable. Or well, not, not I you, do. but I mean I mean women in, in the abstract. You know. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, thank you. No, yeah. it's it's enough to make you fucking crack. Like it's Fuck terrible. Yeah. It's it's horrible. And that's why I say that I had a turning point when I had an epiphany. And I started realizing, like, I'm not happy, and it's because I'm living life on other people's terms, and I'm doing what they want me to do instead of what I want to do. And so once I realized that, then I had to tune in and say, okay, well, what do I actually want to do? All right, I'm, I've ditched these other people's expectations, and I realized I don't have to meet them, um, but how do I love myself unconditionally? Mm-hmm. Uh, for who I am and how do I figure out who I actually am? Sure. So, you know, that took a little while to get that straightened out, but I had that turning point. And it's sad because, you know, you see people who are get you know, into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. even at the end of their life in their 80s, you know, yeah. and they have never really lived life on their own terms. They've always been bound by other people's expectations and obligations and um, ideas of what their life should be. And that is just a fucking tragedy. Yeah, it's a tragedy. (laughs) As tragic as it gets. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, I think that, you know, like becoming aware of that and trying to tune into who I really am has enabled me to love Mm -hmm. on on a genuine real authentic level that I wasn't able to do before. And when you know who you are, that's when you can love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that, you you know, receive love because that's the person is loving who you really are. Yeah. I mean, these sound like very, some of these sound like very simple statements and questions. Um, but in many ways they're not like the question of who are you, uh, Mm. I think cannot possibly be answered until you can answer what do you want? Um, and some people think that those questions can stand apart, you know, and that they're of the, you know, of themselves, like the Stoics, Stoics are all about, you know, who are you or what are you looking for? Things like that. Um, you know, I 
but I don't think those can stand apart. I don't think you can, I think there's a progression, a natural progression that you have to be, be able to answer. And one of them is what do you want? And maybe, maybe there's some degree of paradoxical shit to that where you need to know who you are to know what you want. But I, I think that they all need to be addressed in, in a very, you know, in, in, in equal measure. How about that? So anyway, let's uh, move on to another question. How about that? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a laundry list of other mistakes I've made in past. Yeah. We could do the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. In the last couple of years, I lost a little over a hundred pounds. Bravo to you, sir. Uh, Amazing. In, yeah. That's incredible. That is phenomenal. And I mean that bravo. Uh, in January, the doctor added testosterone therapy and put me on the brain diet. Since then, my, di- my drive is diminished. Uh, where we were at least, um, I can say that I know that this person's married. So where we were at least four to five times a week, I think you mean stooping four or five times mm-hmm. a week. We're at around two times a week. Uh, we will have been, we'll have been married 20 years in July. Most would say, so what still more than most quote unquote, wondering if, if testosterone can decrease sex drive. The ability is still there. Just not as obsessed. Uh, it could be pushing 50 years old, could be fucked up childhood shit, pushing its way in. Don't know. Uh, if better for Sash, I understand. Uh, Stephanie, I think you have to take this one. Like you'd know far better than I. Okay. So, so I the did... question basically is like, is testosterone, can that kill sex drive? I think that's the basic gist here. Yeah. Okay. So let me just restate the question real quick. Sure. Um, cause I read it before and I was trying to understand it too. So, sure. um, the person had recently had a weight loss. It's a man. He had a weight loss of a hundred yes. pounds. Yeah. Um, his doctor, uh, gave him testosterone replacement therapy. Okay. And put him on a diet, the brain diet. I don't know what the brain diet is. I'm not sure either, but it sounds like testosterone's a big deal. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he experienced a drop in his sex drive from wanting to have sex five times a week down to two. Yep. And is concerned about that and is wondering if the testosterone is actually making things worse in the sex drive department. And it's not like he's completely lost his sex drive or that he can't get a boner. It's that it's just diminished from what it used to be. I assume before he lost the weight. Sure. So, um, I mean, just just to preface this, this is not medical advice. I'm just brainstorming here. Yes. I have a little background in medicine and biology and stuff, but I'm not your doctor and I'm not a medical doctor. So, right. um, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, but maybe ideas could come about uh, from this. So I think... Um, you know, hormone replacement therapy is really tricky. Mm-hmm. You would think that, okay, testosterone is the hormone that regulates sex drive to yep. a large extent. One of the hormones, but certainly one of the main ones. Testosterone is known for making people horny, at least when they first start it. Yep. And some other side effects like increased muscle mass and so forth. Sure. Um, body hair, that kind of thing. Makes you manly. Woo! Um but it's not just as straightforward with with hormones, especially steroid, steroid hormones and sex hormones, mm-hmm. because it's not just the hormone itself. All those hormones have receptors. Okay. And it's like a lock and a key. Like the uh, the receptor is the lock. The hormone is the key. You can put the key in the lock, but then the, the lock itself actually um, causes all kinds of other effects downstream. Sure. And sometimes when we... When we flood the body with uh, a hormone like testosterone, our body actually makes less of the receptors. So think of it like we put a bunch of keys out there to maybe unlock like, you know, 100 potential locks. 
But once we flood it with 500 keys, our body makes it now five locks. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of a bad analogy. I should probably stop with the lock and the key. But basically, if you take a lot of extra of a hormone, your body can compensate for that by dialing down that hormone's receptor. And then the effects of that hormone oh, will be less right. because the receptor so is tolerance. the thing that carries out the effects. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a, tolerance. a tolerance. Okay. So you can okay. develop a tolerance to testosterone. And most of our hormones, when our bodies make them, they get released in not a, like a steady state fashion. It's not like your balls are chunking out testosterone at the same level every day. They they pump it out in bursts in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you might get a big blob of testosterone released at four in the morning every day and then nothing for the rest of the day until the next morning at four o'clock. So your levels are fluctuating in your blood all the time. Right. And Whereas when you get an injection of testosterone, you have a plateaued level all day. It's the same. It's not like that burst in the morning and then nothing for the rest of the day. So your body sees that plateau and it's like, hmm, this is weird. And and it does something like downregulate the receptors. Yeah. So, yes, testosterone therapy could actually be causing your body to downregulate those receptors and to get rid of the receptors. And which would decrease sex drive at the end of the day. sex drive at the end of the day. Okay. Exactly. I think that. I think that answers us that question, that that's entirely possible. I mean, there's there's potentially a bunch of other factors. Um, I'm just going to put this out there that uh, we're finding out a lot about, you know, gut bacteria, mm-hmm. right, being so important. Mm-hmm. And that maybe this uh, diet that you're on, the mind diet the or the brain diet, diet yeah. which I tried to look into that. And all I could find really was the mind diet, which is talking about drinking like a glass of wine a day and some other stuff. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know that any of that out should of your affect. your mind diet. Yeah. I don't know if any of that should affect uh, gut gut bacteria but i mean it's something to again this is Any not diet or a major weight loss will affect your gut bacteria yeah. right so taking a probiotic of some kind what do you think dr stephanie murphy um yeah not that we're I giving mean, medical advice I th- right i think i think that's a great idea to add a probiotic okay um that could balance things out another another thing that may affect your sex drive is leptin levels leptin is a hormone that's produced by your fat by your fat cells. And when your fat cells are full and stretching and you have a lot of body fat, you produce more leptin. Uh-huh. And leptin actually tells your body uh, to produce sex hormones, ah, like testosterone, estrogen, and so forth. Okay, That's why when someone is starving, their leptin levels go down. And then like women will stop cycling, getting menstruating. Right. Because they're- Survival mode. Yeah, they're going into survival mode. Yeah. Exactly. They're saying the body is starving right now. It's not a good time to make right. a reproductive cycle because you're not going to be able to support a baby on this low body fat. Yeah. So um, leptin is correlated with sex drive. So a major weight loss can decrease your leptin levels and it can decrease your your sex uh, drive as well. Sure. Okay, so I think that's got that one. Um, let's go on. There's, I have two more. One more thing I want to say about okay, that real go quick. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the emailer kind of mentioned it in the question, but two times a week, I believe, is the number that I've heard is average for long-term married couples. Yes. No, I actually, yes, I, I do know that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you used to be a bu- bit above the average, and now you've Kudos, dropped down Kudos, four to, to five, baby. Rock and roll. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having sex all the time. I mean, as long as you and your partner are on the same page about it. Um, yeah. And that's, that's always an issue in long-term relationships. You know, even if you start out on the same page with your desire for sex or frequency of sex, mm-hmm. um, there can be times where somebody 
one person has a health problem and then suddenly their desire is very different than the other person's. And so what do you do if you're monogamous? You know, how do you handle that? Even if you're not monogamous, how do you handle it? So I'm just I I think it's important to keep it in perspective that maybe this is is below your personal normal or baseline. But um, for everybody else out there, Mm -hmm. it's pretty average. Sure. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, great point to bring up. So, okay, let's get into, I'm, I have two more. Let's at least get to this one. We'll see if we, cause we're already over an hour uh, and I didn't want to go too much over that. Um, let's see. Can you address the bad and often contradictory advice given to single people? Um, so here is, so it's like one, a one B two a two B here, the way that this is broken down. Oh, these are the contradictions the given contradictions. to single people. Okay. Right. I love this question. All right. So this. here's, here's one, a don't settle for less than what you deserve, but then one B Stop having standards. Ah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So we've got like five of these. So, so I, I want to be quick with them. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, so don't settle for less than what you deserve, but then stop having standards. What What do you say to What do you say to that, Stephanie? Okay. So don't settle for less than what you deserve is like don't compromise your standards. Yeah. And then loosen your standards is direct contradiction to that. Yeah. I agree. That is a contradiction. Yep. That's That's dumb. Yes. Um. <laughs> I think like in these contradictions, yes, they are contradictions, but we can maybe reconcile them. Like maybe they they each apply in certain contexts. So, well, I think there's degrees and I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the real answer. But yes, please continue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I get there's there's people who believe, oh, my God, I'm going to end up old and alone. And so they marry someone who really they know deep down in their heart isn't right for them. Or maybe they're like 90% matched and aligned but then there's like this 10 percent difference that's always going to be a nagging question of yeah. like can we really work with this um you know and then sometimes those relationships don't work out and so that person when they're divorced will say i shouldn't have settled you shouldn't settle it's better to be single than unhappy in a relationship mm-hmm. then you have the people who say well just loosen your standards right because i didn't loosen my standards and i didn't never dated anybody and so you should you know compromise your standards and so you have to get you have to do that in order to get dates yeah the right answer for you is maybe somewhere in the middle but you have to figure that out yeah you know i i do think i do agree that is a contradiction and i mean i don't know if i don't know if loosen your standards is the right term but maybe be open-minded to somebody have realistic standards sure for example if you're like a single guy in your 40s and you only want to date hot 20 year old chicks Mm -hmm. maybe that's not a very realistic expectation maybe you should be more open-minded to considering dating people in their 30s and 40s maybe you should consider dating somebody who has a a kid you know well maybe you should consider dating someone who's not the body type that you're normally attracted to maybe you should consider someone who's a height that you're not necessarily attracted to or who is from a place that lives somewhere that that's far away from you or something like that like if you open if you open your mind up and you have fewer deal breakers Mm -hmm. if you're open-minded to dating different types of people you could call that a loosening of standards or you could call it just you know, being a little bit more open-minded and not ruling people out based on unrealistic uh, expectations. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to, like you mentioned, context. And I think it's degrees. Like if you have a standard of I'll only date women with huge breasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Loosen that standard up a bit, Jack. Like, like, like get, get rid of that one. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so again, it's what are like, usually I think those, those terms are used in different contexts. 
I agree they're contradictory, but often context is really, really everything here. I mean, yeah. there are points where, yeah, go, go ahead and, you know, like you, you can, you can bend things a bit, uh, uh, here and there and, and who knows what wonderful things, I mean, because part of the, the, the joy of bending your, I don't want to say your, see, I mean, then is it like, what, like, what's a standard? Like you kind of have to define that it's, it's so weird, but I mean, you can find out that you love something that you would have never known if you just stuck to your rigid code of what a woman or a guy should be. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, Brian, you are not, um, I, I love your, I love your look. Mm-hmm. I think you're very attractive and sexy. Thank you. But, um, I don't normally, agree, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, before we got together, before I fell in love with you, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have looked at a bald man. Right. You know, yeah, I would have never pictured myself dating a bald man. Sure. You know, it sounds kind of superficial, but I like guys with hair sure. generally. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I'm glad I didn't let that be a deal breaker for us because I would have missed out on a wonderful relationship. Well, thank you. Same thing with women. You know, like I've I've had, um, you know, some women that I wasn't attracted to at first mm-hmm. because of their gender presentation or their body type or mm-hmm. their height or whatever. And, you know. I wasn't attracted to them at first, but then as I got to know them, the attraction developed when I wouldn't have expected it to, because I got to know them and they were a fantastic person. Yeah. And then you really come to love the differences, I think. And yeah. you come to really enjoy it. Like it, it actually, it almost uh, strengthens, I mm-hmm. think, the the bond or the relationship or the attraction, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that if you're single because you are the 50-year-old guy who is expecting a chick who's right out of high school, beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed, wants to have your babies and is a virgin, mm-hmm. then the, the 1B would apply. you got to be more flexible on what your criteria are for a partner. Because yeah. if you keep those criteria in place, good luck finding a partner. Right? Yeah. yeah. If you are the person who is in an abusive relationship because you think, oh, well, I don't want to be alone, even though my partner treats me like shit, it's you know, at least I'm not alone, then 1A would apply where you shouldn't settle Yeah, just because you're afraid of being alone. Well, I love the old Oscar Wilde quote of, uh, you know, I only have one taste, the best. And that's, (laughs) (laughs) so, (laughs) yeah, that's it. And the best can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway. uh, Okay. So let's, let's go to the next one. Okay. Cause I I was just going to say like, we had kind of a long discussion on that number one, but I think for all of these contradictions, the context is going to apply. Which one applies maybe, depends on why the person's single in the first place. I don't, I, maybe, maybe not, because okay. the next one I don't think will okay. be, that'll be true. But uh, largely, you're right. I, I think you're absolutely right that, yes, context matters in every statement. Um, it matters in everything. So 2A, you need to be more aggressive and ask out every woman you see. 2B, stop looking for someone and the woman of your dreams will magically appear. All right, I'm going to take this oh, one off the top. That's a contradiction, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would never say 2A. I would never say be more aggressive. I would never say like, like I, I would never, ever recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that, that you hear these two different styles. I don't know that they're, that they're a contradiction because I don't think the person who thinks, who agrees with 2B to stop looking for someone would ever rec- would ever say 2A in the same breath mm-hmm. or in even, or ever, you know, cause I would never, ever stay. I, I just wouldn't, I'd never say 2A. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, especially if it's a guy asking about it, asking, you know, being aggressive towards a gal. Look, my personal opinion, the last thing women need in this world is another guy talking to them. You know, <laughs> I, I know that might sound defeatist and like, well, then how is anybody going to end up with anybody? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, 
Well, there are other ways besides the guy being aggressive. Yeah, being aggressive or even, you know, I mean, I don't even like, like, I don't even, you know, and I'm not out looking for other ladies. I'm just saying, like, I usually, unless it's like some kind of business thing, I don't even message like other women. I just leave. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, they don't need me talking to them. You know, if they want to message me, they can message me and I'm happy to talk, you know, and and, and actually when I is message- Is part of that because you don't want to be vying for their attention or chasing after them or being, it's being one It's being respectful it. because I, I've seen it my whole life how fucking wolfish, you know, men are. Yeah. I mean, like it's uh, so many men are, not all. It's so bad. Like if, if people yeah. acted me, acted, you know, I'm a very peaceful guy. I don't know if I would have grown up to be that peaceful person. <laughs> like if I had to deal with the incessant hounding, mm-hmm. you know, that that so many women have to deal with. It's, oh, yeah. it's horrible. Um, I, I really agree with you. And I think you and I are very similar on on our feelings on this. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when men are aggressive and try to talk to me or try to hit on me. You know, I, I'm very like I'm a very calm, relaxed, lazy, fair kind of person. Yeah. Live and let live. I don't like it when people aggressively uh, pursue me or hit on me or come after me, yeah. especially when I'm not interested in them, because usually they don't care whether you're interested. They just yeah. want to pursue. Yeah. And you're the same way. You don't pursue women. You let you let me make the first move on you, which I think is great. And um, and we're aligned on that. Now, I will say that I don't speak for all women. Sure. I, know I don't for, speak for all dudes. I know for a fact. I've heard them say there are some women. Maybe they tend to be the ones that are a little more traditional gender roles. Mm-hmm. There are some women who love aggressive men, who love a man who is assertive and knows what he wants and wants to ask her out and takes the lead and asks her out. And I'm not one of those women, but they are out there. And the, I, tru- the tricky part is knowing who they are, you know? Yeah, but I, I think I think even the, just my interpretation, because I've, I've encountered, and I can only speak from my own experience, I'm not speaking about all women and I'm not mansplaining or you, you, should I even say that? <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I've encountered those types. And I think if you just have the feature set that they're looking for, they almost take every action you do as what they're looking for oh that you can do no wrong so basically if you're a hot guy who they think is attractive well can, whatever the whatever feature set is, is right it does, might not even be conventionally hot or something mm, but if, if they're looking for that manly or something like that yeah like if you just have the attributes if you whatever that ends up being it doesn't necessarily mean having to be conventionally attractive or something um like so many things that you do will be seen as almost like, you know, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard them no describe wrong. it as a mating call <laughs> oh even. I mean, it, you know, I, I, look, I'm not saying I agree with it and, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. just saying that like, I still, I don't like two a, I still don't buy into two a, I think that you can always be two b as in stop looking, which that's kind of uh well, is it not Scheidenfreud? Uh, <laughs> what's the term I'm looking for? It's apropos that it's to be, which oh. is you stop looking for someone and the woman of your dreams will magically appear. Just be to uh-huh. be get it. Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody magically appears. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe in that kind of kind of crap, but there's something to, I don't know, I, but I could go on forever about that one because there's something to intentionality. There's something to a lot of other things. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- oh, something I was going to mention, you know, like on the offhand chance that say I do message a woman, um, you know, without them like messaging me first or something like that. I almost always say you do not have to respond to this. Like I make it super fucking clear that I am not expecting anything from you. I just want you to know such and such 
or I just wanted to share this with you or something like that. And I expect nothing in return. And I think that can be, you know, a really, really huge thing where that's where you are reaching out, but you're not being aggressive. And I find generally people appreciate that. And, mm. and about a hundred percent of the time I get, I get a response anyway, even though I really don't need one. It's not some kind of trick. I genuinely don't need a response. I just want you to know how I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree too. Like there's, there's a, there's a middle ground between being completely passive right, and just waiting for a woman to walk up to you and make the first move or whatever. Yeah. And being super aggressive and saying, I'm, I'll pick you, I'm picking you up at eight. You better be ready. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's a middle ground. There is a flirtation. There's a way to put out feelers and see if she's giving you signals of interest. And if she is, you give a little stronger signal and then see if she returns that. Mm -hmm. And then you do a little dance to see if you're interested in each other. Mm -hmm. And then you go, you know, maybe make plans for a date. There's a different, like that's the middle ground. You know, you can... You can indicate that you're interested in someone and you want to spend time with them in a non-pressuring way and in a way that's not aggressive and that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable, but makes it also clear what your intentions are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So, all right, let's move on. Let's try and get these these last couple in and then I think we'll wrap it up. Um, let's see. Number three, no one will love you as long as you struggle with self-esteem issues. Now, there's no 3A or 3B here. It's just that like straight up. Um Ooh, what do you think? No one will love you as long as you struggle with self-esteem issues. Well, I guess you have to love yourself first, but maybe is he saying that, um, how can you love yourself when nobody else loves you? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or that's, how can you fix your self-esteem it, yeah. issues when nobody will pay attention to you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that is a little bit uh, of a contradiction, but, um, I know it's, it's a paradox, t- I think. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah. I mean, certainly attention from other people can can give you I would call it like a pseudo self-esteem bo- mm-hmm. boost because it feels really good in the moment. It feels good when someone likes your selfie or when somebody says you're beautiful or handsome or whatever or says that you're attractive or want or, you know, flirts with you, wants to spend time with you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But what happens when the person withdraws that affection? What happens when that goes away? What happens when you post a selfie that doesn't get any likes? You know, you feel mm-hmm. horrible yeah. because you're putting your self-esteem onto uh, other people. Yeah. And it, it genuine self-esteem really doesn't depend on other people. It comes from within. So yeah. it is possible to have have it be an inside job rather than depending on validation from external uh folks yeah absolutely. and validation feels good but it's not it's that's not genuine self-esteem that's not going to last in the long term yeah i don't really have anything to add to that other than um six pillars of self-esteem by nathaniel brandon one of the yeah. greatest books ever written on you know this yeah that's earth. like the self-esteem bible yeah uh i totally recommend going through that and and, and real self-esteem too because like the mm-hmm. way brandon wrote about it was different than the way a lot of like pop psychologists in the 80s and 90s used self-esteem which was pure bullshit which was yeah it became like a buzzword yes. but brandon's writings just like about empathy it is were, almost a buzzword now yeah. even though empathy is a powerful and legit and wonderful thing it's a biological imperative of humanity i think yeah well not just of humanity of almost all life on earth <laughs> rats you name it yeah animals <laughs> have it too yeah so well anyway um that's all i have to add on that all right so let's we got two more here uh 4a People should love you for who you are. For B, you need to take some time to work on you. Th- this <laughs> Right. So it's it's acceptance of who you are right now versus uh-huh. wanting to change yourself. 
Yeah. The conflict between change versus acceptance. Yeah. I think that this is, this isn't context necessarily, though I guess technically the definition of this would be context. This is timing. Like, yes, absolutely. People should love you for who you are, because like I've been describing throughout this episode, in my personal opinion, not necessarily yours, Stephanie, but in my personal opinion, um, the way to meet people is to just go out there being you just be you. And, and, you know, whoever, you know, someone will come along, Mm -hmm. uh, somehow, (laughs) you know, not magic. Like there, there's, again, there's intentionality. There's lots of things involved there. Um, but I, I understood that one to mean people should love you for who you are. I always understood that to mean that you shouldn't like if a partner tries to change you, they're not really loving you. Mm-hmm. They're loving the idea of who they want to shape you into. And that's not really you. That's not who you are. Which, so be wary of that. Yeah. Which can go into number three, which is, yes, people can love you or quote unquote love you. You can have a relationship with somebody that has low self-esteem because they might, what is it like the, what do they call that puppy dog? I don't know. What are you talking about? Tell there, me more. There's, there's, there's a relationship style where like you're into stray cats or puppy or lost dogs or something like that, oh. where you want to like repair somebody. Right. And that is not, in my opinion, those aren't really healthy relationships Yeah. Um, because that is work for you to do, not for your partner or for someone else it's okay to get empathy and to get assistance and help from other people but like with this like in mind there's people i mean they almost they talk about it with like a sense of pride like somehow they're doing some uh uh i don't know some noble duty yeah. or something like that when your partner is not a project they're yeah they're, they're their own person you know? yeah yeah so uh i mean honestly like with to, with 4b you need to take some time to work on you i think uh you know, the, the self-aware, healthy individual is always going to be working on themselves. Yes, that's exactly forever. what I was going to say. It's like, right, of course you're going to be working on you. Yeah. You're always going to be working on yourself. Hopefully, you're always going to want to grow and, and learn and expand your, actualize yourself as a person. Even if you're in a relationship, you're going to yeah. want to be con- continuing to grow and learn. In fact, that's why some relationships end, because either they grow apart right. or they stop growing and they don't like that. And yeah, so they, they don't break up. Or, yeah. Someone like they, they stop growing together, you know, or, and they grow separate. I mean, that happens. And, you know, uh, real quick, that's OK. Like if you end up in a relationship and five years later or however long you're a different person, mm-hmm. you have different ideas or something like that. That's fine. Like, sure. like there's there's not, that's not like something wrong. You know, and you should be able to, in my opinion, leave a relationship, you know, if if that's kind of the case. Yeah. Well, that's why I think that's why we get the conventional wisdom of like, you know, basically don't get married too early because, you know, a lot of people in their 20s. Or you could just stop that and uh, get rid of the too early part. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, marriage makes it harder to leave a relationship, right? So (laughs) or, you know, don't have kids too soon because you might want to leave that relationship or whatever. It's a long commitment and it's hard to make. A, a lifelong commitment when you're in your 20s and you don't maybe have a lot of life experience yeah. or you still have a lot of personal growing left to do and you may not even know that you have personal growing left to do, yeah. but you do. So anyway, I think that's where that comes from. Sure. I mean, but people could have an epiphany in a, in five minutes that could change everything. Yeah. And that's all right. That's how humans operate. That's the human condition. You know, if you don't grow, you're... Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so, well, but, to reconcile the contradiction there. Oh, well, the th- I don't think it's a contradiction. Uh huh. 
like I, I think they're completely complimentary. Mm-hmm. People should love you for who you are. And you are always working, you know, taking time to work on you and you should have the time to work on you. And in fact, yeah. best case scenario, you know, you're both continually improving. Like I love, you know, you and I, Stephanie, we get to work out, you know, we, 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 you have, you know, a beautiful home mm-hmm. where you have your own gym in it and everything. And we get to work out together. You know, I mean, that's the best. I love that. That's often the favorite part of my day. Right. So we're taking time to work on ourselves and we're doing different workouts, mm-hmm. different styles, the whole thing. I mean, we, we even have in ways we have different goals. I mean, you're not looking to be, you know, a strong man or power lifter or anything like that. Right. Uh, or a monster, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, maybe, yeah. you know. No, I'm not looking for to be a power lifter. I'm yeah. Just, look, I am looking to be strong, but not like to win any. Right. Competitions or yeah. Anything. I'm not looking to win competitions, but I am looking to be a pretty monstrous fellow, you know, and, <laughs> and so, but what do I always tell you? I always tell you, no matter if you're feeling like you're you're putting on weight or if right. you're feeling like you've lost weight or whatever, I always say to you, I love your body no matter what. Every time I've I've never seen you and said I wasn't I'm not attracted to you or I don't love you. Yeah. You know, and, like, and I know that. And the feeling is absolutely shared and totally mutual. Um even though our bodies haven't looked exactly the same the whole time we've been together, no, no, we accept fluctuate. each other for where we're at Absolutely. at that moment, and we love each other, and we don't want to change each other, but we also accept that we may want to change ourselves, and we'll still love each other. Yeah, damn you know, right. We intend to still love each other, even if we change. Absolutely. So, anyway, so I don't think it's a contradiction. I think they're just meant, they're part and parcel. Just, um, uh, you know, I think if, the, if, if people think it's a contradiction, it's because... The, the 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 social norms of today don't allow you really to like think in a uh, a self serving fashion or a self centered somewhat fashion and I don't mean that in a harmful way um, to where you know you you take the time to work on you you know and and you do all that it's like no you know you should always be you know one flesh right like the Bible says or some kind of crap like that anyway uh, so. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the last one, then we'll wrap this up, because okay. we're going to be on an hour and a half here. I had one other question, but we can save that for next next time. Um, 5A, men aren't supposed to discuss emotions publicly. 5B, you need to have emotions and not be an emotionless robot. All right, I'm going to take this one from the top. I totally get what's being described here. Okay, it might not be the best wording, but I totally understand what's being described here, is that Oh, I want a guy that's in touch with his feelings, but then I want him to be manly and Mm. he can, you know, like take a kind of like what you were describing earlier, Stephanie, where it's a, you know, gal that wants, wants a guy that takes charge and, Mm. you know, is aggressive and all this stuff. Um, I mean, and there's, there's even, there'd be like a third part to this to where, or like a middle ground to this would be, yeah, guys, the only emotion they're allowed to have is anger, you know, and that's certainly a talk about a a social norm, Mm. a social moray. I mean, Uh that's really there. Um, so I, this is this is a real problem that, yes, men, many men are shamed for having real or for showing off, you know, deep, deep seated emotions. I don't think. From... Yeah, I, like I agree. I I don't think this I think this is a contradiction. Uh-huh. I don't think it's explicit advice given to single people. Right. However, I do think it is um, implicitly conveyed through social messages and social yes. norms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, this is one, this is in my opinion, and this is going to sound like kind of a a manly trope, (laughs) but this is one you have to power through, you know, be emotional, like do not bottle that shit up, you know, like, like go ahead, let your emotions out, you know, uh, uh, speak from your heart and, and all this, even if it sounds ridiculous or, or 
crazy or cheesy or something like this, you know, go ahead and look, if someone can't accept your emotions, why the fuck would you want to spend the rest of your life with them? Mm, yeah. You know, um, I mean, because otherwise, otherwise, you know, if you, if you do, uh, uh, five B, you need to have emotions and not be an emotionless robot or something, or you need, yeah. You know, if you like, if you bottle this stuff up or you just try to be a man and like, you know, you'd never cry. And, and, and I mean, I cry, mm-hmm. fuck, I cry all the time, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, if, if you bottle, I mean, you're playing a trick on somebody because you're never really, they're never really falling in love with who you are and what you think and what you feel. And look, this is just a part where you say society, fuck you, you know, get, get the fuck out of here because I mean, and, and that's, you know, in the conventional sense, even that's the manliest thing you can fucking do is tell society to fuck off because you feel these things. I mean, really feel these things. I don't care what the conventional wisdom on it. And if you don't get a gal because of it, none of it was worth your time, you know, and this goes both ways because women are also, they have their own emotional roles that they are kind of, that's, that's societally enforced to play. So this isn't just a guy thing by no means. Um, that, yeah. Or even, or transgender people or people, you know, Z's people that don't fit into labels at all. They no, you need to fit into some kind of role. You need to have this emotional subset. You need to, this is what you're allowed to put on display and all of this. Uh, fuck all of it. Fuck all of it. And anybody that can't accept it, just, you, you really are better off alone. In my opinion, you are absolutely better off alone. There's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with being single either. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that that should be laid out. I, I should have said that much earlier. In my opinion, I should have said that much earlier in this show, but, um, yeah. Anyway, what do you got, Stephanie? To, you know, do you need me to reread them or? Um, no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's the contradiction between you should, uh, you should have feelings and not be a emotionless robot, but you shouldn't express those feelings and you should like, um, you should be, I don't know, um, Men shouldn't express feelings, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that everybody has feelings, regardless of what degree we express them to. Yeah. And maybe you don't always express all of your feelings, especially when you're starting out a new relationship to someone that you're dating. Maybe you lean on your friends for some emotional support or your therapist yes. instead of completely. Great point expressing every feeling to the person you're dating because you are you can potentially with being emotional like that early on in a relationship you are putting an undue burden on somebody you can freak someone out yeah, yeah sure yeah. you can get scared they can get scared you but know? i mean it is undue they've only been in your life however long mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons that i i say be a friend for like a year first for yeah. i mean that that there's a bunch of reasons why that's a great idea but anyway continue i'm sorry yeah, no, I mean, people, when they're first getting into a relationship, if you're bringing, if you're obviously bringing a lot of emotional baggage to the table, mm-hmm. they may get scared and they may not, they may decide it's easier to just cut their losses and run and not want to be in a relationship with you. Sure. For example, if you, um, let's say you had a spouse or partner die mm-hmm. and then you're starting to date again, mm-hmm. you know, the people always struggle with this. Like, when do they tell the person they're dating that their last partner passed away? Yeah in an unexpected way or whatever. And they're still dealing with that. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're ready to date, you're, you're, I guess you're to a certain degree ready, but 
you're still feeling it out, right? Yeah. You know, you have to date to know if you're ready to date. So yeah. it's an experiment to a certain extent. And so, you know, some people, when they hear that, they might say, well, oh, I don't want to date her or him. You know, they're just fucked up from their partners dying or they're fucked up because they just got divorced or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, so that's their choice to make if they want to exit the relationship at that point. But, um, you know, if you have if you have the emotional support of other people like friends or a therapist mm-hmm. and or both, um, then you don't you can spread out that burden a little bit. You can not just rely on one person that you you're dating or newly dating for support. Yeah. Yeah. A therapist. Big, big, big part of this. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly recommend um, make sure you get a good therapist, of course. But, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a helpful thing. You know, I, I want to with emotions, I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong way to express emotions, but we do have a we do have another little problem in society. Um, I do think there is a there is authenticity and a lack of authenticity. OK, and that's what I'm going to address here is that I think I think we we have so many memes and I don't mean dank memes. I don't mean I don't mean memes on Facebook. I mean societal memes like movies, ideas, ideas oh, mm-hmm. quotes. Everybody, Luke, I am your father. You know, everybody fucking knows what that means. A lot of these other things. I think we have a lot of a lot of a lot of notions that aren't authentically ours of what expressing emotions look like. And I think when people see you expressing emotions in ways that they've heard on TV or that they've read in a book or that they saw in a movie or that they've heard or that, that has become a, a, a cliche, right? That, that does not come off as authentic. And, and a person will think that you're like, you know, you're not being very real with them in, in your expression, expression of emotions, you know? Um, and so, I think when you want to express your emotions, like really get in touch with what's you and what you're really feeling, like really know about that. And all that's part of that self-work. Because, I I mean, me personally, like if somebody's, you know, being emotional or something, if they start saying something like, uh, uh, you know, that's within the social conscious, like I'll immediately just, I'll, I'll roll my eyes. I really will, you know. Can you give me an example uh, here's a real world example. Yeah. So my, uh, uh, a brother-in-law of mine, he, you know, my wife's husband, or I mean, my, no, sorry, my sister's husband. Okay. Okay. Uh, one time he was like, he and my sister had a huge fight and he was talking to me about it. And he said, it's like, what am I supposed to say, Brian, that my life's no better than M&M's? And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, and the guy was really like hurt. Like, I mean, there's obviously things going on. There's things that need to be addressed. But when he like when he said that, I was just like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> don't even compare yourself in that way. It's like you're not you're not giving me and like I, I mean, and I, I was a young person at this point, you know, very young person like I, but I knew like you're not giving me anything real. I don't know what to address. Like, what do you, what, you want me to talk about you like your life's eight mile? Like, what the fuck? You know, and, and so so that's what I mean is that be really authentic, like, like really get in touch with your emotions and make sure that you can express them authentically. It's okay to quote things. I quote shit all the time, but if you're going to quote, like usually it should be kind of tongue in cheek and, you know, not done in a way that like there's context (laughs) that you got to lay out if you're going to, if you're going to do that. 
But otherwise, you know, just just make sure you're expressing them authentically. I think that's really where the problem comes from, is that when people think somebody's being too emotional, I don't think the problem is necessarily that they're too emotional. It's that they're acting that they they feel like there's a lack of authenticity in what's going on. And that's where the real problem, you know, kind of stems from. That's just my opinion on that. Um, do you have anything you want to say to that, Stephanie? Otherwise, we can start wrapping this up. No, I think um, I think that's a good note to end on, just in general on the contradictions. I know it seems like there is conflicting advice out there mm-hmm. for singles, and there is. There's lots of conflicting advice, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, uh, question asker. But I think um, it's hard because people are single for different reasons. You know, yeah. There's different kinds of people who are single. And they're single for all different reasons. And right. some of the advice may may apply to you, and some of it may not apply to you. So right. you have to be the judge of whether what you're hearing actually applies to you. So if you hear it and it rings true, or maybe it hits a little too close to home and you know it's true and you know it's something you need to work on even yeah. though it's uncomfortable, then take that advice to heart. But, you know, if you if you hear conflicting advice and you don't think that fits you, just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, keep in mind that society's concepts of relationships are generally really fucked up. Like they're not <laughs> like, in my opinion, like they yeah. are they are so off base from what actually sure. makes human life and the human condition. Uh, I mean, they're way off base. In fact, we were asked recently, you and I, um, we were asked on a show that's in the Patreon feed like what great relationship books do you recommend? I, and I said instantaneously, it doesn't exist. Like the great relationship. <laughs> yeah, we book, had trouble thinking of relationship. Books. Yeah. The great relationship book for that really gets down to everything we've learned over the past few thousand years of what makes humans human isn't out there, you know, and, and there's not, and honestly, I don't even think there's one that's close to really addressing it. Um, so you know, keep that in mind that, that a lot of this, like, you know, stock, like, like these, these, these patent answers that are, you know, statements that, that got passed off here. Like a lot of those are, are kind of our bullshit in a way, you know, because they're, 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 they're wrapped up with these, uh, 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 artificial notions of, or, you know, maybe, uh, less than conducive notions of what love is and what relationships are, uh, you know, to your own happiness. So, Anyway, that's that that's I'd like to end, or you know that's all I have to. Can end we do on. that one last question? I think we should just do it. Uh, it's going to go into two. It's a whole other huge subject. Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge subject. So I will say it has to do with threesomes, but oh. but maybe we'll we'll let's save that for another one, another round. I'll, I'll okay. I'll I'll ask. I, we'll see how people respond to this, and I'll do another thread in the Facebook group or okay. something. They might have more questions. And, yeah, yeah, and then we'll good. we'll we'll pick off with that one so anyway so if if you and give you know this is something i'm going to say this quick patrons uh like i really your feedback is absolutely priceless to me even the critical feedback means the world to me uh because like it it helps me know a what more what you're looking for and b it gives me you know it's a barometer on you know really on my own performance it's a gauge of you know, of what I've got going on, even though I do this very much out of my own passion and out of my own desires. And because my opinions aren't out there in the world, uh, even hearing that really, really helps. Like, I mean, you know, talk about self-esteem, like I don't need the external validation, but I like, I do enjoy hearing that people recognize or that what I'm feeling inside is accurate, that yes, my opinions aren't being heard. And when somebody says, you know, that myself or myself and Stephanie or Stephanie, 
are saying things they just don't hear anywhere else. And we've gotten that feedback even oh, very recently. Yeah, for more than once we've gotten yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that, that is just, that is so helpful and precious and priceless yeah, thank you. to, you know, so, uh, so please don't hesitate, you know, let us know what you think of this, give us your thoughts on it. And I'm not asking, it's not some bullshit YouTube thing where I'm just doing this to get metrics or something. You can send it to me in the most private way that no one will ever know that you ever sent me that feedback. That's how I get most of mine. Uh, you know, do that. I don't, it's, you know, I hate that when the YouTube people are like, well, but you tell me, what did you think of the movie? Let me know in the comments below. Like that YouTuber gives like a fucking care. shit exactly. about what you, what you think about some movie or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pull or click, you know, give me a thumbs up or something. It's, like, <laughs> it's such nonsense. No, I really want to know, you know, and it really means a lot to me. And I feel, re you know, a genuine, you know, reaction. I don't even like to use the word connection anymore. I think talk about a buzzword. Uh, you know, I feel a, re a real reaction with people, a positive one. And it's wonderful. Uh, so, so do send the feedback. Um, and if you want me to share something with Stephanie, of course, you know, if you want to use the channels that I provide, I always let Stephanie in on this stuff. So um, anyway, Ooh, Stephanie, thank you so much. I think what you had to say was positively invaluable. Oh, uh, thanks, Brian. And there thanks were questions. For having me on. This was really fun. Yeah, I mean, there were questions in there I could not have answered. Uh, like I just straight up could not have answered, and, and you you stepped right up to the plate and made it happen. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone, again, patrons, thank you so much for making this kind of content possible. It's you know, from viewers like you. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what makes this all work. Uh, so uh, anyway. Uh, we got a great, we got another Sex and Science Hour coming out this week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sex and Science Hour is back. Yeah. Season and there will absolutely. And there will be a regular Q&A coming out on Wednesday uh, that I will be doing. I already have it all lined up. A lot of great big questions this week. Um, and then there will be a uh, regular Sovereign Tech uh, coming out and maybe some other content as well. So, whoo, I'll see you on the other side. Oh, real quick. If they want to find Stephanie, smvoice.info. That's how you get your hookup with Stephanie. So, oh yeah. yeah. Or if you, that's how, if you want to hire me for a voiceover, if you just want to listen to my free podcast, sexandsciencehour.com. Right on. All right. Brian's Woo. on it too. Woo. I'll see you on the other side.